As law department leaders around the world assess how their organizations and law departments will not only recover, but thrive in this rapidly evolving environment of this pandemic, looking at how others who were on the front line earlier in reopening their economies and offices can help prepare you as we enter into this new dynamic. In this episode, I was able to connect with Michael Payek, Executive Vice President, Legal Trade and Risk Management at Say Holdings Corporation, a global steel manufacturer based in South Korea, as he shares the lessons they learned as a law department continuing to effectively support their business through this constant state of accelerating change. So thank you again, Michael, for joining me. I really do appreciate your time. Uh, just wanted to, to dive into a bit of your experiences. So South Korea has been a global leader in managing the spread of COVID-19, and you've been ahead of other countries in terms of reopening your economy and returning to the office environment. So in doing so, have you found that there have been challenges that you've had to deal with that perhaps you didn't anticipate? And do you have any recommendations for other GCs and other regions around the world who are at an earlier stage of reopening? Thanks, Joanne, for for having me, first of all. Um, For Korea, the office environment, it's interesting in that we never shut down absolutely with with no people in the office. you know, we had a uh, the outbreak earlier this year, and then um, you know it, it increased rapidly, and then it, it, it kind of tapered off. And we have had a couple of spikes uh, in clusters since then, but generally it's been pretty well managed as as a uh, maybe a benefit of our, our healthcare system, which is kind of geared towards uh, uh, high volumes um, and uh, coordinated quite well in, in that regard. But for for the office, um, of course, you know we, we we instituted the work from home pretty early. Um, it wasn't absolute, so you know everybody had the option of working from home. Some people had to come in to deal with with work, um, but it was uh, optional. And then it, it kind of phased. So for those who who had uh, conditions or situations at home with with children. Um, they couldn't be in school and so on. So for them, it, the work from home was extended longer. And then, you know, for for different teams um, that had different obligations in the office, uh, they could make the judgment uh, for themselves. And then, uh, so we had, you know, finance, for example, tended to be in a little bit more uh, to deal with billing and, and payments and so on that, uh, in some part had to be dealt with at headquarters. Um, legal, we we stayed home pretty much for the entire period because we had previously uh, kind of set up a system to work digitally and, and over email and so on. Um, and that worked out pretty well. Um, so the the work from home extended for, for quite a, a long time, two months in my case, for example. Um, and, but... You know, some members of our team came in a little earlier. Some members of our team came back a little later. Um, and so we've kind of kept that in place. So as uh, people's uh, individual situations require them to be home, um, we have that flexibility in place. Um, and w- what we didn't anticipate is that uh, this this work from home um, involved not only just kind of corporate policies and and this is what's allowed and what, what can be done and, and what we can accommodate. But uh, we, we had to be a little careful of, of 
of prying too deeply into people's personal lives. So, for example, you know, the, the childcare one was easy, you know, who, who has children and who has children in school and so on. But, you know, it may be that a particular family has an elder uh, that requires more assistance or, or someone who has a, a, a health situation in the family that makes them particularly vulnerable. Um, we didn't want to pry too deeply into, into you know, that kind of privacy. Um, but at the same time, we, we had to figure out who uh, needed to be accommodated uh, kind of for a more extended period. So that, that was the kind of thing that we didn't anticipate and was kind of a challenge. But where we came down is basically leaving it to the judgment of the individual in, in coordination with their teams. And it sounds like you've been fairly set up, and as you said, you were you were already operating and flexible in a digital environment. So that certainly make that 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 process and that experience much easier for everyone. You know, we went from our weekly meetings in person to weekly uh, uh, conference calls, um, and uh, quickly decided to use only audio um, in order to uh, <laughs> make it more comfortable for everyone. Um, but basically, uh, there wasn't. There was no hiccup in, in the work uh, process or, 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 or output, um, and we switched over pretty easily. Um, and I think it's partly because of the nature of our work. I mean, obviously, the, the factories and, and plants and so on had, had different situations, and that, that was something that we also needed to be uh, aware of in terms of uh, who had kind of the flexibility to work from home and who didn't. Um, and that, that's really maybe another area of sensitivity because there are jobs that are less um, uh, susceptible to, to, to this kind of flexibility. And, and what do we do about them? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that it's become clear uh, in, in that there are jobs that, that allow you to work from home and there are jobs that don't. There are jobs that require people to interact in person with, with other people um, more often, um, meaning that their 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 kind of zone of 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 of, uh, of safety in, in some sense uh, is is not fully under their control. Um, and so it, it it's been uh, kind of eye opening in terms of thinking about those those aspects of of, of work. Um, I guess in addition, we've started to become more sensitive about how people get to work. So people who use mass transit as opposed to driving, um, people who, who you know, have to switch buses a couple of times. It, it turns out that in our organization, at least, that um, most of the senior people were driving. And so um, they were less aware of the stresses and, um, and uh, conditions of mass transit. Um, and so you know, we, we quickly started thinking more about that and, and the ramifications of that. So it may be that a particular executive had an easy time coming in and out of the office, but his or her team may, may be going through a lot more just in that, in that commute. Um, and so that executive needed to be a little bit more aware, a little bit more sensitive of, of, of the difficulties uh, for, for you know, his, his or her team. And uh, I think that that's kind of helped us as well in understanding, you know, kind of the work environment from from home all the way through, you know, leaving home and, and getting home um, so that we understand better what, what our people are going through. 
So when, you, when you've got, so it sounds like the legal team has been working remotely for the most part for the past two months. How have you been able to effectively mitigate enterprise risk and manage compliance while still working remotely and anticipating and responding to the needs of the business, which always has to be, you know, usually timely, but if not um, more urgent. Actually, this, this period coincided uh, with uh, an initiative that we had had um, to kind of boost compliance and, and build out that infrastructure. And so we had actually scheduled a, a, uh, an executive uh, workshop for all of the uh, the CEOs and, and, and senior executives of the subsidiaries, um, as well as the, the holding uh, companies, and to introduce them to a new compliance system, the, the 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 need to upgrade it, and so on. And that was on a Friday, um, when when it turned out that we actually uh, had to institute the work from home, and 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 um, so we obviously pushed that meeting. Um, and so over the weekend, we had considered what to do, whether we should push uh, this project to later in the year when things settle down, or whether we should proceed, uh, notwithstanding you know, the fact that we couldn't introduce all of these measures and initiatives and, and processes to those executives in person. Uh, what we ended up deciding was to send out a memo um, explaining that this is you know, what was planned to have been discussed uh, unfortunately, we couldn't discuss it in person. Obviously, we welcome questions, but we're going to move forward anyways. Um, and so, uh, you know, we, we, there was a kind of conscious decision to push forward, notwithstanding the kind of the environment, which which could have caused a delay. And, and it turned out to be the right decision because it was three months um, ago that, uh, yeah. that this meeting was supposed to have occurred. And next Monday, so this coming Monday, is when we'll actually have that physical meeting. Um, and in the meantime, we've moved forward, we've built it out, we're working with law firms, uh, we put in policies um, and uh, you know, budgets. And, and so we've moved forward over the past three months, which weren't lost uh, for this particular project. Um, and it, it turned out not to have caused that much consternation. Um, and in fact, if anything, there was a side benefit of you know, maybe um, sidestepping um, some pushback uh, because of, of this process. There are other projects that, of course, have been delayed, um, but uh, it was kind of a matter of prioritizing uh, compliance in particular um, over or any particular challenges of this new environment. We often hear from our, our clients now that there's, um, you know, obviously with everyone working remotely and not being necessarily as connected to the business that sometimes that that alignment with where the business is headed can sometimes be broken or uh, not necessarily understood. So how, how has your team been able to stay aligned with the business amongst the, 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 the uncertainty and of course the constant change in, in the global business environment? We recognize this uh, as a, a potential kind of uh, distancing vis-a-vis -vis our internal clients and and then try to take proactive measures to, to mitigate against that distancing. So just as, as background, the way our system works is that we have an electronic uh, work request system, basically, where, where our internal clients will put in a work request to legal. And, and a lot of that work you know, in the normal environment will involve follow-up meetings in person um, you know, where, where they can follow up on projects and matters. Um, but while we were working from home, it had to be exclusively uh, 
by by remote process. So, uh, you know, the, the document review, conference calls, and so on for particular matters. Um, it, it turned out to be okay. Of course, it's it's less uh, ideal that you know no face to face meetings were were being conducted, but uh, it was manageable. Um, but at the same time, you know, during those face to face meetings, other matters, other questions. Um, kind of ad hoc and informally would come up and and you know the legal team would get to know the the internal client better, their work better and their process better just because they were having a cup of coffee together. Um, and so that 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 wasn't occurring. So what we decided was that each member of the team would reach out to at least three internal clients a week um, for a, a non-scheduled, non-agendaed call just to see how they're doing, what what we could do to help them. Uh, what their concerns were. Um, and so just the kind of reaching out to say hello, um, but it was kind of uh, systematic in the, at least three uh, per per legal team member. And, you know, over the course of two, three months, they, they reached out to, to nearly everyone that they would normally have worked with. Um, and it was maybe a little broader as well. So that, that helped, but it, it was a conscious decision to do so, to reach out uh, rather than wait for someone to call us. That's a that's a terrific suggestion and a, and a wonderful opportunity um, for sure, and one that maybe might not have um, happened if if it weren't for the current situation. Because you know, day to day we're busy, and we wouldn't think of sitting down and making those calls. But this exactly. situation kind of created a uh, an environment where we thought about it, and then we decided, well, this is something simple that we could do. Yeah, that's terrific. So we've heard um, from a number of, of law department leaders now, now uh, around the world that you know what what they thought um, worked well in terms of, of uh, process and, and efficiency prior to um, this pandemic. You know some of those processes were being stressed and tested, and um, that now is the time for them to focus on creating some more efficiencies operationally. Whether that's looking at their resourcing models in terms of who's doing the work, is it the, the right level? Is there any efficiencies that we can be had there um, and just given the, the the necessity to generally do more for less can you share with us um, what you might be focusing on as a department going forward from an operational standpoint are there any specific improvements that you have top of mind interestingly last week I had to uh, spend some time resetting our service provider portfolio um, basically we have a number of law firms uh, with which we have retainers um, for you know X number of hours of, uh, included per month, and and those hours are, are essentially kind of resources for our internal, the legal team internally to to access for greater expertise and assistance, and and maybe some time shifting of work as well. Um, and so in normal times, you know, we we use those X number of hours and. And work with these firms, and and actually, uh, uh, basically, they're the kind of part of our team, at least with respect to those hours. And and this is separate from any particular projects or matters that they may be engaged for, which which uh, for which we have separate engagements. Um, but those those hours are are kind of included in our in our capabilities and capacities as a legal team. And what happened was we we noted that you know, during this period uh, of working from home and, and also kind of extended distance in, in terms of not meeting in person, uh, some of our providers were more responsive and some were 
a little less responsive. And, uh, you know, we decided that for those that were more responsive, we, we should uh, appreciate that and, 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 and do more work with them. And for those that were less responsive for, the, for their own reasons, you know, whether they had their own internal stresses and constraints and, and events at their firm and other matters that we, we weren't aware of, we, we made some adjustments. So, you know, this past week, we actually disengaged with one firm, re-engaged with another firm. That type of uh, portfolio of service provider adjustment, I think maybe looked at uh, by other companies as well, kind of giving appreciation to, to kind of the, the responsiveness and, and cooperativeness of, of these law firms who have obviously been undergoing a lot of stress themselves um, as, as their transactions have dropped and as their, their cash flow has dropped and you know, as they've let people go and, and, and so on. For those firms who underwent that process but kept their clients in mind and, and made sure that there was no disruption uh, on the service end, it should be appreciated because it's, it's, it was extraordinary times for them as well. But that's, that's one thing. Uh, that we've done with regard to budgets. Obviously, I think for for everyone, the budgets have tightened as as the business environment has become darker. Um, you know, the easy things to cut out were cut out. Uh, obviously, travel uh, was cut out, and that that was a significant chunk. Um, otherwise, there wasn't that much uh, further that we could go in in terms of lean uh, processes. But doing more with less. I guess that that applies. So you know, rather than attending outside seminars for for payment uh, and fees, we would we've been doing a lot of weekly internal uh, knowledge sharing, um, and then also working with some of our law firms in terms of what what they could share with us in, in terms of training and education as well. What you've described in terms of um, your relationships with law firms, I know many many other. Uh, in-house counsel will be looking at the same thing. In fact, I'm, I'm reminded of the quote by um, Maya Angelou. I've learned that people will forget what you said and people will forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And to your point, I think that relationships will be made or or lost throughout this yeah. time. So, exactly. No, it's, it's become very clear to me. I didn't think it would, but there were some surprises in terms of, you know, service providers that we were really, really happy with. Um, when things were busy and there was, you know, a lot of fee generation for them and 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 activity and, and great responsiveness, um, but when when the work kind of slowed and this became less interesting for for them from their perspective, um, I could you know I can well understand why, um, but their priorities shifted and we could tell right away. So looking forward, do you see changes in the role and the influence of the general counsel and the multinational organization as a result of this pandemic? And have your priorities as a general counsel changed as a result? Yes. And, and I think in part it's because of the way we're structured, but it may, I think, also impact other organizations, uh, regardless of how their legal teams are structured. In, for us, we have legal trade and risk management together. Uh, trade has become uh, very busy uh, and complicated as there, you know, all of these travel restrictions, first of all, and, and of course the, the health issues um, across the world, but also how it's played out with regard to protectionism. Um, and then, you know, what we see is, is probably 
you know, rightly a prioritization of, of local labor um, as, as their, their each economy uh, kind of recovers. So I see the world kind of shutting down in terms of the kind of global um, open economies that we, we had been seeing and, and uh, anticipating. So a lot more protectionism, a lot more kind of uh, our, our people first, our factories first, um, meaning, you know, if you want to operate globally, you'll have to operate locally in those global environments. Um, and, and so that that's created a lot of work for trade, particular tensions between the U.S. and China and, and potentially, you know, sanctions and, and other measures that may result from that um, has also created a lot of questions and, and risk management uh, from a trade perspective for, for a company like ours that ships uh, product globally and manufactures globally. Um, the, the sanction regimes in particular, which, you know, had previously been been focused on Iran and, and Russia and Syria and so on. For Korea, China is the greatest, biggest trading partner. So if there's a, a, a tension that becomes um, realized with respect to sanctions and other measures, uh, it's going to create a lot of disruption. So you know, the work picked up a lot on, on that end. And so the questions that that come to trade actually flow through, obviously, to, to operations and business and contracts. And so legal and trade have been working very closely together. Whereas before all of this, it, it was a little bit of a separate practice. Do you, do you imagine, Michael, that the structure of the law department might change in any way as a result of that? Yes. Yeah, so, so I think that for law departments that have a, a separate unit that covers trade, um, it's going to be necessary for them to coordinate very closely mm-hmm. or perhaps merge. Um, I think trade moving forward in this in this environment is going to become uh, central. So, you know, I, I think for the GCs that that already have this responsibility, they'll see that work pick up, and they're going to need to augment their capabilities, their their service provider portfolio, maybe their headcount, and uh, focus on on trade matters. Um, but for those that have been using a, a separate unit or or just exclusively outside service providers. It may be that it's time to consider building that out um, as part of the, the general counsel's kind of, uh, group, because you know no matter what happens with the pandemic, it's becoming clear that you know countries will have to focus on their their local uh, recoveries, their 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 people, their 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 business and, and economies, and what that means for trade is that you know the the openness to the global trade has has stepped back quite a bit. And so the, the barriers have increased, the, the hoops to jump through mm-hmm. are more complicated and uh, you know, it's something that will need to be dealt with. It is certainly um, an interesting time that we are living in. And Michael, I, I thank you so much uh, for your time today and, and your perspectives. Um, you know, I, I think you've touched on a lot of points that will resonate deeply with, with general counsels uh, around the world. So thank you so much for your time today and uh, hope that we can pick up this conversation again, perhaps in a couple of months and see how things have evolved. Thanks, Joanne.